0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 1st, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I started the year with the miracles of Jesus, and we went through every miracle that Jesus performed in the new covenant, and I I pray that that was a blessing to you. Now I'm teaching the parables of Jesus. This is part 90 of this series, just the parables. I still have a lot of parables to go. This is November 1st. We'll see how far we can get to in the year. Today, we're dealing with the parable of the prodigal son, and I'm talking about the love of God, I want you to know that the love of God is amazing, that the grace of God is immeasurable, and that what Jesus did, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, that God made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So in other words, Jesus put on our sin, he clothed himself in our sin so that we could be clothed in his righteousness, and and so he traded places with us, so he became sin so that we could become righteous. The title of today's message is Rediscovering Who You Are. I'm going to talk about the prodigal son. I'm going to talk about the love of the father and how sometimes as believers, we have to rediscover who we are. We have to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Open up your heart now to get ready for the word. All right. So let's get into the word for this morning. I believe this is going to be a tremendous blessing to a lot of people about rediscovering who you are in Christ Jesus, about the love of God, the grace of God, the amazing nature of God's love, his unconditional love and his immeasurable grace. Before we get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse four is a scripture we've been looking at all year. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. I believe that this is a season at our church. We've been declaring that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So if there's any area of your life that drives up, this is what the Bible says, Lord, do it again, restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So, put in the chat, no dry areas for me. If there's an area of my life that dried up, this is a season for the Lord to refresh me and restore me again. Say amen to that. So, this is what Jesus said in this parable. He told the story in Luke chapter 15. He said, Well, there was a man who had two sons. He had two sons and the younger son came to him and said, hey, daddy, I want my money now. What money are you talking about? Well, my inheritance, the money I'm supposed to get when you die. I want it now. That's very disrespectful under the Jewish customs. that was basically saying, I wish you were dead. And But the love of the father, he was like, OK, fine, I'm going to give it to you, even though I know this is not the smartest thing to do. This is a mistake. I'm going to give it to you anyway. So he gives it to him and he wound up giving it to both sons. And the other brother was like, why, why are you getting me involved in this? This has nothing to do with me. But anyway, he gave the money to both sons. Uh, and a few days later, the younger son said, I got the money now. And he left. The older son had the money. He didn't leave. And I already talked about the differences in your children. But the younger son left. And he went out. And the Bible says that he wasted all his money on wild living. Wild living. And if the Bible calls you wild, yeah, you're wild. And so about that time, the Bible says, as soon as he ran out of money, a famine swept across the land. And why? Because you're going to reap whatever you sow. You out there you know, doing dumb stuff, you're going to receive a bad harvest. So anyway he's starving. So he convinces a local farmer to give him a job. The farmer gives him a job dealing with pigs. Jews don't deal with pigs at all. But here he is out there with these pigs. And so he's so hungry, the Bible says that the pig slop started looking good to him. And I love it. The line, there's a line in the parable says, and no one gave him anything to eat. See, you're going to reap whatever you sow. So he's out there. He's starving. The pig slop looks good. No one gave him anything to eat. And finally, verse 17 says he came to himself. He was like, wait a minute. what, What in the world? He came to himself. He said, what am I doing here? Like even the servants, my father has a staff, a paid staff. And even the servants at home have a lot of food. They, they eat all they want. You know, them jokers fat. And so here am I, what am am I doing starving? I'm going to go home. This is what I'm going to do. He was in guilt and shame and condemnation and the devil specializes in guilt and shame and condemnation. He says, I'm going to go home and say, okay, father, listen, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I know I messed up. Um, I don't need to, I don't need my room. I don't need to sleep in my room. I don't need to eat meals at the fam, family table. I don't need to eat dinner with y'all. I don't even, I don't even need to be, a, I just want a job and I just want a job. Can I just be, I'll sleep with the servants. I'll sleep in the servants quarters. I just want a job. I don't, and so he's rehearsing this thing. And so he says, let me go home and this is what I'm going to say to my father. And as he's return he's rehearsing it in his head. At the same time, the father's coming out every day looking for his son. This is the love of God, my God. He's saying my son is lost, but he's coming home. I have a wayward son. I don't know. I I, I may be speaking to somebody right now. Who you know, you raised that boy better, you raised that girl better than this, and they're doing some stuff they're not supposed to be doing. The Bible says, train them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. And there's going to come a day where they come back, they, they they rediscover who they are. I'm telling you, they're coming back. You keep praying, you keep believing. You get get up every morning and say, My son is coming home. My daughter's coming home. You decree and declare what God has said over you. Come on, over your children. Ble- release you, the blessing over your children. They're coming home. Say they're coming home. All right. So, where children are coming home. So, anyway, there's guy's coming home. And the father's like, man, he's out there looking. When is my son? And he sees him afar off. And the Bible says that he ran to him. He didn't even wait. He ran to him. And the boy is nursing and rehearsing in his mind. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. That, daddy, I'm not worthy. Daddy, I, I, I'm not a son anymore. Daddy, daddy, listen. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. If I can get just get a job. And the father comes and he throws his arms around him. The Bible says that he kisses him on the neck. He, it doesn't matter that he's stinking. It doesn't matter that he's in sin. It doesn't matter that he lost all the money. It doesn't matter. It, it's soul was more important than his sin and he he throws his arms around him and he kisses him on the neck and the boy tries to get it out daddy daddy I'm sorry I know I messed up daddy I, I, I'm sorry I know I messed up uh, 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 I, I'm no longer a son I, I just want a job if you could just give me a job and the father's like shut up you ain't a slave you ain't a, a servant you are a son what are you talking about he tells the servant go get me the robe go get me the ring go get me the sandals kill the fatted calf let's throw a party my son who is dead he's now home and he's alive the other son was faithful. He was loyal. He was working. And when he comes back, he hears the music. He was like, "What? what what's going on? he was like, yeah, well, there's a party. Your son, uh, your, your, your brother, uh, your father's son, your brother, he was lost, and now he's found. He's back home. We're throwing a party. And the, the older son wouldn't go in the party. And the, the, the father comes out, and he's like, what's going on? I heard you're not coming in the party. He was like, yeah. Why would I go in this party? What do you mean a party? This joker, he, first of all, first of all, He asked for the money. I would have never done that. And then you had to give me the money because you gave it to him. You gave us both the money. He left. I didn't go nowhere. I stayed right here. And now he's gone. He spent all the money and he was out there with prostitutes. And now that he spent all the money on prostitutes and he ran out of money, he wants to come home and then you're going to throw him a party and then you're going to kill the fatted calf. He said, what about me? I've been here. I've been loyal. I've been working the whole time. I've never you've never even killed a goat for me, much less a fatted calf. You've never thrown a party for me. Well, my my friends and the father was like, oh, my God, parenting is so hard. These children are so different. He says, listen, son, I love you. Everything that I have is yours and it always has been. But my son was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he's alive. Come on, man. We got to celebrate. So what does this mean for you today? There's four things I want to share with you this morning. There's so much in this parable, man. I love it. But I'm going to talk about knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. Put in the chat. I know who I am. All right. Four things. Number one, here we go. Understanding the weight of guilt and shame. You need to understand the weight of guilt and shame. The devil specializes in guilt and shame and condemnation. This is why in Romans 8 and 1 says there's there's no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. But the devil specializes in guilt and shame and condemnation. The reason why he loves it is because when you feel condemned, you run away from God. And when you're convicted of your righteousness, you you run to God. And so what happens, like Adam, when Adam... The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25 this is not in my notes, I'm just sharing it with you in Genesis 2 and 25 the Bible says that the man and his wife were naked and they were not ashamed there was no shame, no guilt, no condemnation they were walking under the glory of God and the Holy Spirit and they were walking in the Holy Spirit operating in kingdom, dominion, power and authority in this world, they were naked they were not ashamed, as soon as she ate nothing happened, as soon as Adam ate the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked and they they covered themselves with fig leaves and they ran away from God because sin will always lead you to guilt and to shame and to condemnation. This is what the devil specializes in. Condemnation will cause you to run away from God and feel like you're disconnected from him and feel like you are unworthy. And this is exactly what happened with the prodigal son. His self-worth was deeply affected by his actions. Guilt and shame will distort you of the perception of who you are in Christ Jesus. Guilt and shame will rob you of your identity in Christ. When we focus on our mistakes, we forget who we are. When we focus on our mistakes, we lose our value in God's eyes, uh, at least our perception of what God thinks about us. God is still loving us, but the devil will tell us, God hates you now. God, disconnect- You're disconnected from God now. The enemy uses guilt and shame as tools to distance us from God and to distance us from our true identity and our heritage in Christ Jesus. Put in the chat, guilt, shame, and condemnation have no power over me put in the chat I know who I am when we embrace guilt and shame and condemnation then we live like the prodigal son was out there with the pigs we feel like we are unworthy of God's blessings and we feel like like God doesn't love us which is a lie remember the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies and if you believe a lie you empower the liar put in the chat if you believe a lie You empower the liar. The devil is telling you God doesn't love you anymore. The devil is telling you you disqualified yourself. The devil is telling you now you're not going to get the blessing. The devil is telling you might as well not go back to the church. Don't go back to God because you messed up now. And if you believe the lie, you empower the liar and you remain in guilt and shame and condemnation. But today, no, no, the devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. We're coming home. We're coming back. Say this. Put this in the chat. I am quick to repent. You got to be quick to repent. When you mess up, and we all mess up, be quick to repent. The Bible says in in, uh, John, John said, if you claim to be without sin, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Don't act like you don't have sin. Don't act like you don't do anything wrong. You're not that good. You're not that perfect. If God only gave us what we deserve, we would all be men and women most miserable. So thank God for his amazing grace. So listen, don't act like, don't look down on anybody else. We're all messed up. To God be the glory for his, his grace. Number two, the Father's love is unwavering. Our mistakes will never cause God to, cause, to stop loving us. So I like to say that nothing you did caused God to start loving you. And nothing you will ever do will ever make him stop. The Father's love is constant, regardless of your actions. The Father's love in this parable was constant, regardless of the son's actions. So if you're born again, I, I want you to know, if you're born again, that you are a member of God's family, and your earthly mistakes will not cause you to lose your position in Christ Jesus. Your hev- your mistakes will cannot rob you of your heavenly identity. But if the devil can get you to believe that lie, then you're going to live beneath God's best. God's love is not based on our performance. It's based on our position as his children. Now, let me say this, because I keep talking about if you're born again, if you are a child of God. Oh, Brother Pino. Aren't we all children of God? There's 8 million people on the planet. Aren't we all children of God? Well, not really. Let's see what the Bible says. In John 8 and 44, Jesus is talking to some people and he says, let me just be very clear. The reason why you guys are fighting against me, he says, you belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. The reason why you're mad at me because I'm carrying out my father's desires is because my father and your father are not the same father. Uh, Your father is the devil. This is what Jesus said. I didn't make this up. John 8 and 44. In in, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul explains this well. What happened to all of us? Don't act like it wasn't you. We were all this way. We were all born in sin. We were all shaped in iniquity, uh, Paul said in Romans. But this is what Paul said in Ephesians. In the past, this is Ephesians chapter two, verses one, two, and three. In the past, you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things that you did against God. We were all born spiritually dead. I was spiritually dead. You were spiritually dead. So in the past, your lives were full of sin. Don't act like it wasn't. In the past, your lives were full of sin. Why? You were spiritually dead and you were a child of the devil. You lived the way the world lives, following the ruler of the evil powers that are above the earth. That's the devil. And he says, Paul says, that same spirit is still working in those who refuse to obey God. Let's be clear. Those who refuse to obey God are under that same spirit, under that same influence. They've never been born again. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not children of God. That same spirit is not working in those who refuse to obey God. Now, in the past, Paul says, we all live like that. In the past, we all lived to please our sinful selves. We all did the things that our bodies and our minds wanted. Like everyone else in the world, we deserve to suffer God's anger just because of the way that we were. And Paul goes on to say, I just stopped there, verse three, but he goes on to say, but God who was rich in mercy, of course, you know, he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. And then in chapter two, it says, by grace we're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So anyway, Paul is saying, we were born one way, but then we get to be born again another way. So we were all born in sin. We were all disconnected from the Father. We were all shaped in iniquity. But thank- And because of Adam, we were born that way. But thankfully, because of Jesus, we have an opportunity to be born again. If you're born again, put in the chat, I'm born again. Now, if you're born again, you're a child of God. Now, if you're born again, you're a child of God. You are a member of God's family, and nothing you will ever do will ever change that. If you're born again, if you really are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, Then the Bible says that the day that you accepted Jesus as Lord, you will seal with the Holy Spirit until the day of of redemption. The Bible says that you were translated out of darkness into the marvelous light. The Bible says that you are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Uh, You know, so there are all these things that happen once you're born again. Now you're a child of God and nothing you do is going to change that. So you need to learn how to embrace the love and the grace of God and be quick to repent and not wallow in guilt and shame and condemnation. Now, if you do sin, Brother Pina, are you telling me that nothing's going to happen when I sin? I told you that if you sin, sin may not unravel your righteousness. But sin will unravel your life. Yeah, there's consequences for sin. If you go out there and you do some stuff, dumb stuff, if you sow bad seed, you're going to get a bad harvest. You're still a child of God, but you're going to be living beneath God's best. God's love for you is still unconditional, but he will love you while he allows you to reap a bad harvest on the bad seed that you've sown. So God loves you but you're still going to have to deal with the consequences of your decisions. This boy came home. He was a son, but he still lost all the money. And so listen, in in the parable, the love of the father in this parable is mirroring the love of God towards us. If you are a child of God and you are born again, then you are God's child and nothing you do is going to change that. God loves you with an unconditional love. Number three, the devil wants you to accept a distorted self-image. The devil wants you to lose the fact of who you are. The devil wants you to see yourself as beneath God's best. Let me be clear, I've told you this before, you can be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and battling depression. You can be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and battling thoughts of suicide, wanting to kill your life because you think it's that bad because you have allowed the devil to get you to think that the wrong thoughts and now you're locked up in a prison in your own mind, and you're 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 nursing and rehearsing things that you should not be thinking about. The prodigal son, that's where he was. He was so messed up, he was like, I'm not even a son anymore. I'll just take a job as a servant. And the, the guilt that he had, the shame, the condemnation led him to the point where he wanted to lose his son status. And this is what the devil would do to you. The devil wants you to, to think that you have lost your son status, your daughter status. When you do something wrong. The devil will do everything he can to get you to wallow in guilt and shame and condemnation so that you could be disconnected from God. All the while, the father is saying, come back, son. The father is saying, I'm right here. The Holy Spirit is saying, I've never left you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never turn my back on you. I am right here. I'm just waiting for you to come home. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that told me, born again people, that, you know, they were out there in a hotel room doing things they shouldn't be doing with somebody that wasn't their spouse, and the Holy Ghost is like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, do you you know who you are? And it's the conviction of the Holy Ghost that caused them to come back. I know people that were out there like taking drugs, and while they're taking drugs, the Holy Spirit is reminding them of who they are. Listen, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to distance himself from you, but you feel distance. And disconnected from God if you listen to the devil. And so the devil is going to want you to be blinded in your own mind of who you are. As a believer, your self-worth is not in what you do. It's not performance-based religion. Your self-worth is in what Jesus did for you. So you have to resist the attacks of the enemy. You have to resist the attacks that's gonna strip you of your identity. Put in the chat, I know who I am. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Embracing God's perspective is gonna bless us to see ourselves as redeemed and righteous. Put in the chat, I am redeemed and I am righteous. I was bought with the blood of Jesus and I am the righteousness of God in him. So when you believe what God believes about you, uh, basing uh, your opinion of you on God's opinion of you, Then at that point, um, you know who you are. You're going to be able to say what, what John said in 1 John 4 and 17, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You walk over to the mirror and say, you know what? As Jesus is, so am I in this world. The prodigal son came home wanting to accept a position as a slave or as a servant. And the father was like, no way. You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You are a son. Please do not allow the devil to cause you to forget who you are. Put in the chat, I will not forget who I am. Number four, the last point for today. I had a lot more, but I'm going to share some stuff with you tomorrow. Number four, the last point for today, the role of the Holy Spirit in your conviction. Um, The Holy Spirit comes to convict us, but not to convict us of sin. Let me explain. When I first got born again, matter of fact, Clarice Burnett is watching right now. When I first got born again, Clarice knows, I was around some people that were really... um, not Clarice, not her husband, but there were some other leaders in the church there in Kuwait, Camp Doha, that were really religious, and they were um, they were sin conscious. I guess at the end of the day, <clears throat> they talk so much about sin and holiness and what I what I need to do and not do that, that I was sin conscious, and that's not a good thing. When 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 you when somebody is just talking to you about sin, 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 sin and you become sin conscious, you're actually going to wind up, you're more susceptible to sin because you're thinking about it all the time. But when you listen to me, I'm going to preach to you about being righteousness conscious. I want you to be righteousness conscious because I want you to be quick to remember that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, in him, Second Corinthians 5 and 21. So when I was sin conscious, I thought the role of the Holy Spirit was to convict me of my sin. I even had people around me as a baby Christian that would tell me, the Holy Ghost will convict you. But I thought the Holy Spirit was coming to convict me of my sin. Um, and, And I don't see any biblical evidence for that. I've never seen any biblical evidence for the Holy Spirit coming and saying, you see what you did wrong? Let me let me go over with you all the things you did wrong. The father didn't do that to this boy. Let, let me go. Let me walk you through all the things you did wrong. When, when the Apostle Paul got born again, the Holy Spirit then said, let me spend some time going over with you all the things you were doing wrong, convicting Christians and all of that, having Christians killed and burned alive at the stake. and all." No, I've never seen any biblical evidence for the Holy Spirit coming to convict somebody of their sin. The Holy Spirit is not going to come and say, this is what you did wrong. God knows what you did wrong, and you know what you did wrong. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to go through that. No, it, 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 this is what the Holy Spirit comes. Instead of saying, hey, son, this is what you did. No, he knows what you did. I know what I did. The Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, son, what are you doing? Hey, this is not who you are. Do you re- remember who you are? Hey, son, you're a son. You're, you're, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Hey, daughter, you're a daughter. You are called by my name. You're a woman of God. You're a virtuous woman. What are you doing? I mean, do you, do you remember who you are? The Holy Spirit will come to convict you of your righteousness. The Holy Spirit comes to remind me of my identity. The Holy Spirit comes to, to get me out of guilt and shame and condemnation. The devil wants me to wallow in guilt and shame and condemnation so I could be disconnected from God, so that I could feel like I'm not worthy. But the, the Holy Spirit comes to remind me that Jesus was worthy for me. Condemnation, put this in the chat, condemnation leads to isolation but conviction leads to restoration. Condemnation leads to isolation, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit leads to restoration. The Holy Spirit wants me to feel redeemed. The Holy Spirit wants me to come back to him. The Holy Spirit wants me to walk in the reality of who it is that Christ Jesus called me to be. I know who I am. The Holy Spirit comes and gives me these gentle nudges get reminding me of my true identity and reminding me of my purpose. Just as the father welcomed his son in this parable back home, the Holy Spirit welcomes us back home. Even if we come back to God saying, oh, I'm no longer worthy to be a son. The Holy Spirit is going to be like, what are you saying? Like the father, shut up. Don't say that. You're a son. Get the robe, get the ring, get the sandals, kill, kill the fatter calf. Let's throw a party. My son is home. So in closing, let me just say this. I know that most people that watch today's word are born again, but you could be born again and still be locked up in guilt and shame and condemnation. If you're not born again, let me just say this. You need to be born again. You need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. If you're not sure whether or not, if you were to die today, whether or not you go to heaven or hell right now in this moment, just open up your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord and I want you to save me get born again. That's number one. Number two, if you are born again, but you're wallowing in guilt and shame and condemnation and you have allowed The Holy Spirit will cause you to feel disconnected from God. In some way, somehow, you came across this video. God is saying, come home, son. Come home, daughter. I want you to know who you are. You're not a slave. You're not a servant. You are a son. Come home. Receive who you are. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Oh, this was good. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Let's let's close it out by faith. Say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I reject the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. I'm not defined by my past mistakes. I refuse to judge my future by my past. My identity is rooted in your love and grace. I am your child, and nothing will ever change that. I refuse to allow the devil to distort my self-image. I am the righteousness of God by faith. I'm not a slave, I'm not a servant, I am a son. I embrace the conviction of the Holy Spirit who reminds me of my righteousness. I will not be sin conscious, I will be righteousness conscious all the days of my life. No matter how far I may wander away from you, your love for me is always constant. So I run back into your arms. I know who I am. I reject every lie of the enemy. I am loved. I am valued. I am yours, Father, and I rest in you. Living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. If you don't get my notes, you get my notes for free. Why not sign up? Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I, a quick announcement before I close. Um, my latest book, Grace-Based Success, um, volume one, is now available on Audible. I had an issue with the Audible thing. Finally, anyway, we got through it. So if you if you listen to audiobooks, go to audible um, audible.com or Audible, you know, to open up the Audible app and uh, search for Rick Pina. You're going to see two books in there now. If you don't have my books on audio, uh, get it. If you like audio books, get it. It's going to be a tremendous blessing to you. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you, and you know this is something that people need to hear. So make sure you share it. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to RIPministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.